K's, two A's in America. Three K's, two A's, America. Three K's, two A's in America. Damn, I feel amazing. Damn, damn, we got up on mine. Finally. Black on both sides has come back to the podcast dojo. Two men enter the squared circle. One, King Kunta 3X. The other, be honest. They enter the squared circle. They go at it toe-to-toe in the podcast dojo, back and forth, forth and back. And at the end of it, only one can lead the dojo successful. I'm just joking here. This is a, uh, this is a, uh, this is the black on both sides where nothing is black and white except <laughs> everything is, unless it's not. Was that your best kung fu voice? Because I think you do voice as well, but then that was an awful kung fu voice. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't kung fu. Oh, okay. Because I usually talk like this. Why? That was why are you very in the specific. You don't know who I sounded like. Oh, I'm sorry. No. What? Let me try it. <clears throat> Let me try. Okay. Let me try his current voice. That was his wrestling voice. <clears throat> hey, everybody! Thank you, thank you for coming in. Uh, it's just really a great, it's an honor to to be here with uh, with uh, be honest and uh, King Kunta Three X. You know, I, you know, I, you know, it's just amazing. I, I love what they're doing. Uh, you know, you know, c- coming from a guy is the hardest worker in the room. You know, uh, these guys they bring it every day, day in, day out. Uh, so, welcome. Thank you for being here. And when you get done listening to these two jabronis, why don't you check out uh, my latest flick? Uh, Is that Obama? Tower of Terror. Oh, it's not Obama? I thought that was Obama. It's Dwayne Johnson, sir. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) If you say so. All right, cool. Dwayne Johnson, yeah, all right. (laughs) Full disclosure, you know, we don't lie when we say we will do whatever it takes to make sure that the listeners get a black on both sides, hot and fresh out the kitchen. Where am I recording? Where are you recording, Kunta? I'm recording in the guest room of my godson's house. Oh, wow. Laying on the floor, holding the mic, running this through the Wi-Fi, through my phone. Oh, wow. Connected to but one cord, one single cord and an outlet. I don't even know if it works. That's my commitment to you all out there and out there world. Wow. Anywho, enough about that. I've been eating, I've been drinking, been doing all the things. So I'll hit you with some Dwayne Johnson next week. But right now, be honest, how you been? What's anything new on your end? I have been well. Nothing's new. Um I I helped out someone. Well, I can't say helped out. He he ch- I charged him. He paid me to put together his podcast studio. So there's a new podcast coming. I don't I don't know the title of it yet, but I'll be sure to let you guys know to see if if my work serves other people as well as it does us. But I did my first consultation and setup job as a podcast consultant, I guess. Nice. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I uh, hope that this mystery person uh, brings it. And, uh, yeah. And we'll see where it goes from there. Cool. Well, uh, be, we'll be honest, you know. Um, He's actually, you know what? They're, they're actually a, a tie to you because you like Zaytoven Beats. He happens to be Zaytoven's manager. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Who? And by the way, <clears throat> let me be clear: that was an Obama. Who doesn't like Zaytoven's beats? Take your time. I'll wait. I've never heard anybody exactly. say they don't like nobody. Him. Yeah, he's you know he's 
He's pres he's the he's the trappiest of the trap. The drippiest of the drip. So, but in any event, that's cool, man. Um that sounds nice, but be honest and I, you know, for all those who don't know, we're about the same age. We're generational cohorts. So this week, I had the distinct honor and pleasure of having lunch with none, o- none other than the world-renowned Mr. T. I'll say it again. King Kunta, 3X on a regular, regular Tuesday. Might have been Wednesday, but it's probably Tuesday. Had a whole ass lunch with Mr. T. And nary a fool was pitied. So when you say I had a lunch with it, you're at the same table or he's just there's like a, a luncheon with with B.A. Baracus? Well, full disclosure, King Kunt is always going to be 100% truthful. I'm never going to French Reggie you. If you were in the slack room, you'd know what that means. You should be in the slack room. Any event, um, so he was about five feet from me. We were in a hole-in-the-wall soul food restaurant, and he was just shouting at everybody about whatever he wanted to talk about. And eventually, I became one of those people he was shouting at while he was consuming his meal, and I was waiting on my to-go order to be done. The restaurant's very small. When I say hole-in-the-wall, I mean hole-in-the-wall. The restaurant is about the size of my godson's room that I'm recording from right now. <laughs> Damn. Very small. Mom and pop. Mom's barbecue in Ventura, California. And I saw this gentleman. This guy. Loud. Talking loud as hell. Talking loud as fuck. I'm on lunch. You know, I'm on the clock. I ain't been in this place before. Here's the deal. I woke up and I wanted some barbecue for lunch. So I yelped. Barbecue locations, you know, in my vicinity. Three came up. One was black-owned. What do you think King Kunta did? So that's what I did do. Yeah. So I'm going to the black-owned place, and, um, and I'm trying to figure out what I want, because I don't know. Because I was reading Yelp, and someone accused them of putting sugar in the greens. I don't like that. A pinch of sugar is okay. More than a pinch is a problem. Diabetes is real. So I was trying to figure out what I was going to eat. And this loud dude is just talking. I see you over there. Yeah, that's what you want right there. You know, I was raised in the ghetto, but the ghetto didn't raise me. You know what I'm saying? You know, I was from the hood, but the hood wasn't in me. That's what I'm saying. Right. You know, I ran with a different crew, you know. But, you know, whatever they did, that was not what I did. You know, I was, you know, I stood up for what was right, what was wrong, because I was raised. Like, this crazy dude in the back, I don't understand. Then I look at the dude, and the dude's wearing, like, a red, white, and blue American flag, like, skull wrap. (laughs) It's Hulk Hogan. I'm thinking to myself, huh, that's some weird shit in 2018. But hey, see all kinds of people in Los Angeles County. Then he was wearing like variations of red, white, and blue tops and bottoms. When I say variations, the top and bottom were clearly not purchased together, nor were they purchased within five years of each other. I'm talking like 92 and like an 87. Wow. And then he had like on some dad New Balance white and blue shoes. You know the ones I'm talking about? The orthopedic New Balance shoes. I was like, okay. And then, for, this is what really stuck out. Before I figured out who the fuck it was, it was really troubles, this was really troubling for me. He had his wrists wrapped up with kind of a like black tape as if he were about Uh-oh. to enter into like, you know, a hardcore wrestling match. 
<laughs> or some strongman competition. He could, he could have gone either way. I thought to myself, huh, that seems a bit odd. <laughs> but the man himself was like very, you know, small. You know, it was not a large man. Kunta goes about six feet, two, 220. And I, I was, you know, I was much bigger than this man that was sitting down, talking loud, dressed like an 80s, you know, American, you know, like something from the 80s. He was literally wearing an American flag. Literally. Um, didn't see a single gold chain. So that did not help. So there's another old player in there talking to Mr. T. And when I first walked in, I immediately knew this guy was somebody that was probably of no, because he had like a BMW 6 Series, but like 2018, and looked like he had all the options on it. And so he came in, and he ordered, and he ordered his chicken, and he started talking to this dude. And he kept calling the dude T. I still didn't get it. He kept calling the dude T as he was talking to him, and, his, and T goes on t- telling all these yards, yarns about just random stuff. I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. He's very loud and obnoxious. So I do what I normally do in situations, place my order, and go fold away and sit out of sight, out of mind. But again, the place is very tight. And so all of a sudden, yeah, you know, when I moved out here, you know, back when I came out for Rocky, uh, that's when I, you know, I, that's when I had established my midnight ministry. You know, something about that midnight in the ministry that, you know, it really, you know, really attracts the people. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then later on, heard, yeah, you know, and you know, basically all the eighteen guys, you know, they all, they all, you know, so and so's in Miami, uh, another one's in Minnesota, and uh, you know, Peter O'Toole's. I don't, you know, I think he's a, I think he went back to London. You know, he was in that Shakespeare. He, he Shakespeare. That's what he did. He was in that Shakespeare stuff. You know, we get together every now and then. You know, every now and then we get together. But but right now, you know, it's been so long since I've been from a, since I've been back to L.A. I'm, next time I come, I'm, I'm gonna need somebody to give me to, to show me around, like. Wait, 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 wait. How would you know where the entire original cast of the A-Team is currently now? Unless, oh, <laughs> shit, it's Mr. T. <laughs> and so Mr. T continues to talk to this other old light-skinned player. Then the light-skinned player leaves because he was clearly a businessman. And though he wasn't dressed like it, but from what he was driving, yeah. He could have been a drug dealer. And I could tell that he was... Uh, he was somebody that that is uh, very entrepreneurial. So then Mr. T starts talking to me. I'm not going to lie. I don't remember most of what he was saying because I was kind of texting people that I was talking to Mr. T. Um, but I didn't let on that I knew it was him. And he didn't decide to tell me. And so he just treated me as like, you know, this is a very nice place. You know, you're going to like it here. The food's really good. I like how they, like how they, how they set it up. Like how they bag it up for you. You know, I don't even know. You don't even know how to do it. I just know what I unwrap it. It's good. You should, you, you know, and and the, the specials are good. Everything's good. I highly recommend it. I was like, okay, well, th- thank you, sir. Got my food. I say, hey, that's Mr. T, isn't it? And the waitress says, yes, that's Mr. T. He would have taken a picture with him if he wanted to. Kunta's not that type of guy. I said, appreciate it. As I'm talking to the waiter and getting my food and walking out, I look forward and I see a sign that says Mr. T Special. This is one of those black places in L.A. where they have pictures of everybody famous has ever been in there. <laughs> you got, you know, Holly Robinson Pete. You've got uh, Faze on Love, Mr. T. You know, almost every Laker of note, except for Kobe. You didn't see him there, but he lives in Orange County. If you know, you know. Um, 
And so I look at the Mr. T special and I realized, God damn it. Mr. T came into the restaurant and ate his own damn special. What was it? It was uh, it was three pieces of chicken, some fries, and some side dish I couldn't make out. And I remember when I was talking to Mr. T and looking at what he was doing. He was eating that. He was eating that. Although I saw remnants of chicken and remnants of fries, which was yet, yet another reason why I wouldn't know it was Mr. T, because Mr. T was actually uh, um, nowhere near as big as he was. He's an old man. He's got to be. Knocking on the door of 80. No, he's in his 60s. He's in his 60s. That's it? Yeah, he's in his 60s. Oh, shit. He looks like shit. (laughs) Really? Yeah, he's He's in his 60s. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's, ugh, that was bad. Then he kind of did some calisthenics, which was weird out of nowhere as he was getting his to-go plate. Not the point. (laughs) This is after I already knew he was Mr. T, so I already, (laughs) already agreed everything was fine. So Mr. T uh, goes, so I get my food and I'm walking out. Mr. T hasn't left yet because he's still hollering at that other player. Mr. T gets in his car. His car is a 19, well, mid-90s Mercedes-Benz two-door coupe. Okay. So clearly, you know, the residual checks aren't coming like they used to. So, I, I mean, be, don't shame Like 91, it. 92 model. Don't shame his car. Come on. I'm man. just saying... Come on, we mean don't shame us. Christmas T used to be wearing that, wearing all the gold chains. I didn't see a single gold chain, not a gold chain, a Turkish link, a Jesus piece, none of it. Won't even no earrings. Times is hard, man. That's crazy. He's basically he's that's a 1991, 92, 93 at best. Mercedes-Benz. Just because you have money, I mean, you have to spend all your money on silly Negro things. It does your fucking Mr. T and your whole persona is, hey, look at me. I spent all this money on silly Negro things. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> I don't agree. Let that man live, man. He's a man outside of Mr. T. I, what's his name? You know his real name? Then why, would he, why, are he, why is he telling people to call him Mr. T? Is, is that what he's telling people to call him? Everybody's calling him T. His name is T, though, isn't it? So his name is something with a T. I don't know what his name is. I know it was Mr. T. Let me look up this nigga's name. I, that, his, his. And also, not a single fool was pitied. <laughs> Come on, man. You're talking about something from, that's actually from the 80s. Like, 80 I understand. Yeah. Lawrence. If he's still, still going to gravy train and people knowing he's Mr. T, I expect to see at least, at least, sir, two gold chains. At least. Lawrence Turow. At least two gold chains. Some earrings, not, you know, not studs, actual gold ring, something hanging. Perhaps with a, I need to see one feather. And I need to hear you say, I pitied pity the fool at least one time. Right. That didn't happen. Lawrence Turow, that's his name. Like I said. So. And he was born uh, in 52. Lawrence Turow has fallen on some hard times. And it made me sad. He was born in 52, Kuntu. Really? Yeah. So not good. Almost 70. That's that's better. But all those steroids, man, because he was taking the bad steroids. The Lyle L. Zato, Google. The uh, Sylvester Stallone, the Jose Canseco's. Yeah. The ones that would mess you up. 
I'd I'd really would like to say that he looked good, but that would be a bald faced lie. But you don't know how he looked before he started either, though. So you know he could just been a bad looking dude. Face man, black don't crack, but somebody backed over his his black with black like your cat definitely black. cracks. Not, not good. Black definitely cracks. His yo man. The only tell was the outfit in his voice. And even then, I didn't get it until somebody kept refer to they kept referring to him as T. Because who wants and to that say Mr. Memory of that I'd seen him on some where are they now show about five six years ago, what his face looked like, and then I could kind of make it out. Yeah, well that's okay though. You know, move, go to LA, you get to see celebrities all the time. Mr. T's no different. Yeah, uh, Mr. T. Yeah, as you would say, eh. He's still living, man. We got to give him some credit. Like, he's, you know, he's still living, man. Guess, he's still man. pushing. Hey, you know, I, I'm going to go back once a week just so that I may bump into Mr. T again. And if I do, I'm going to ask him if he wants to be on the greatest podcast in the history of podcasts. Maybe, maybe one day you will have eaten there enough to where they say, hey, you seem to always get the number three. We're going to name that the King Kunta. 3X. Maybe. Maybe. I like how you're going with this. Let's see. Um, be honest, I have a question. This is just changing gears, kind of, about people maybe not living up to what we thought they were before. Talking about Barack Obama? No, I'm talking about Mary J. Blige. Oh. So, be honest, have you, uh, how do you feel about Mary J. Blige's vocals? Her vocals have always been, I would say, mediocre at best because she has a problem with pitch and keys. Um, she's either flat or sharp all the time. However, she's managed to have success because I think people believe her story and they feel the notes. Even if they're the wrong notes, they, they're, the notes are well felt. Aww. That's, that's why Listen, I think she's made you hear it. that? But hey, write it down. Take a picture. This fool here, be honest. <laughs> Instead of just going with a period after what he said his real opinion was, <laughs> he decided to try to fend off any Mary and J. Blige followers. I can't believe I was here to hear that. Wow. No, I'll be honest. You were right the first part of your comment. She has pitch problems. She's mediocre. She can't fucking sing. She yells at us. That's what she does. Now, would you be surprised at someone with problems like that getting in sync, pitch and whatnot, would probably not be, I don't know, rhythmic, naturally, would have natural rhythm? I don't think those coincide, actually. They don't? I don't think so. Well, I was on the social media streets these days, as King Kunta is, and I saw a meme of someone who dressed up like Mary J. Blige, had the blonde wig, and the re way you were to know it was Mary J. Blige was because she played a Mary J. Blige song. Might have been Dancery. Uh, that's not the name of it, but that's what I call it. And you know what I'm talking about. So that's called the communication. Right. And um, she started doing, she started dancing like Mary J. Blige. And it got me to thinking, have you seen Mary J. Blige dance, be honest? <laughs> that's what we're going to call it. Yeah, I have. So, so here's the question. Has Mary J. Blige gotten better at dancing 
or has she gotten better at dancing poorly? I don't think she's ever been good at dancing. I don't think anybody's ever said, man, Mary J's performance is great because she dances her ass off. She's always she been real. She does dance her ass off. She kills it. <laughs> no, but it's quirky though. It's like, it's never, it's goofy. That's, that's the question. That's the question. Has she gotten better at dancing or better at dancing badly? <laughs> I think see, what see what I'm saying there? I guess. Think about the last time you saw her moving around. I think that we've accepted, accepted it. I, Why did you accept it? Because it's the same reason. I think that people just believe her story. They believed her story from the beginning. So again, is she <laughs> is she better at dancing because she's done that, or has that dance just worked its way into your heart? <laughs> there you go. I think that's more of a, that's a better answer. It's just it's worked its way into. Well, you know what? This that's that's Mary. That's Mary for you. You know what I'm saying? She's killing it in her own special way. <laughs> It's very special. She's 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 on the border of sucking really bad, but we just believe but she's going in on this. Yeah. Use with the face. Do the face. Yeah, it's bad. Wow. So, it's really bad. And speaking of do the face, did you see that uh Diddy and Ellen uh video that's going around this past week? Only because you sent it to me in Instagram. Listen, listen how so I sound. You sent part. it to me in Instagram. That lets you know how how bad I am at social media. You sent it to me in Instagram. See, you to looking at things I send you on Instagram is like Mary J. Blige dancing. I was like, oh, yeah, that's be honest. Oh, oh, sure, you saw it on, I sent it, you saw it and I sent it to you? Okay, sure, whatevs. Anywho, so, the, so, the, so let me paint the picture. So the picture here is that Diddy is on Ellen, and Ellen is asking Diddy, are you afraid of clowns? And Diddy is saying no. And Ellen's like, I'm pretty sure I have a good authority that you're afraid of clowns. And Diddy's like, no, why would I be afraid of a clown? And as they're talking, <laughs> this clown pops up dressed like uh, Pennywise from the uh, recent movie It relaunch, the It relaunch. And Diddy screams, <laughs> cries, jumps up, and starts doing a dance. He does a he, he throws some air punches. He, I think he might kick in the air and starts doing a jig. <laughs> and I, right. just, I just thought to myself, be honest, is there anything? That you are really afraid of that perhaps may seem unreasonable to other people? Huh. There was a time in my life when I was afraid of dogs. I was young, but I was afraid of dogs. Um, other than that, mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Now, I don't think there's any... I mean, if a, if, if a clown just busts in this, this room right now... I would definitely be scared, but that's not because I'm afraid of clowns. It's because somebody just bust the fuck in here and they look really weird. Okay, that's fair. Let me think about myself. Is there, you know, am I I'm irrationally afraid about eh. clowns? Never bothered me. I, I never got that whole clown scare thing that happened for a while there. Then that, that was ridiculous to me. I don't watch horror movies. Life's horrible enough. I don't watch those. So. Is that because you believe in ghosts and a ghost that saved your life one time? I think that a fairer comment is, one, I don't like jump scares. And it seems that horror of the last five to six years is all about jump scares. That's all it is. That's two, like Jurassic Park, too. Mm, that's all of the conversation. But in two, um, 
without getting metaphysical, yeah, I think sometimes that if you if you open up certain doors, you're allowing certain things to come in. Yeah, and you know, I choose not to do that. Depending, but that's a that's a very particular type of movie. Right. That's a that's a that's a movie involving evil spirits coming in and stuff. Right. But for your general horror movies, I, I just don't fuck with them. I'm not here for jump scares. Life is is tough enough. I don't need that in my life. So what are you scared of for real though? Because you said you were going to think about one thing that you were just really... Is that it? That's the only thing? Let me uh, noodle on that. I'll come back to well, it. Well, okay. So yeah, speak, regular stuff. speaking about the, uh, uh, Diddy, the, Diddy, the, the video you sent me, the little snippet, I don't know that he was necessarily scared of clowns or if somebody was sitting right beside him in a box and jumped out of that damn uh, box. All I know... Is that <clears throat> he said he wasn't scared of clowns? Clown came out and Diddy was clearly scared. Um, by the way, speaking of scared of things, <laughs> can I take a moment to say, to just, you know, give send my best wishes to a former Laker, retired basketball player? And as of today, former coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, Tyrone Lue, hold your head, son. Hold your head. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. This is this is not a goodbye. It's a see you later. When God closes one door, he opens up another. Whenever we lose a, a Kanye, we get a childish Gambino. So Tyrone Lue was fired from the Cleveland Cavaliers, formerly known as the Cleveland LeBrons, after they start out 0-6. I bet he's somewhere sad right now, but, you know, as I said, there's probably other opportunities. But wherever he goes next, he needs to understand that they're probably looking for, you know, a coach coach, not just, you know, not a coach. Don't do a that. coach coach. Don't do that. I'm just saying. A coach coach, like with plays and whatnot and, and things. First of all, first of all, I feel bad for Tyron Lue just because— the most important thing that ever happened to him was when Iverson hit that shot and stepped over him. That's the most important thing, first of all. So that's bad. That's really bad, actually. He he might even be a champion. I think he won a championship with the Lakers. Anyway. Yes, he he was they, that team won a championship in that series. Right. So look, I, that's sad that the best thing, the most important thing that ever happened to him was Iverson stepping over him. However, the Cleveland Cavaliers are an awful team. Now, see, the, the problem with what I'm about to say it's not going to resonate correctly because you're now a, Le- a LeBron Stan fan. All of you fake-ass L.A. people Don't are. Don't you French regime. No, all of you fake-ass L.A. people are. Had, prior to L.A. coming, I mean, LeBron coming there, I would have— what I family until he wins a ring. What I would have said to you would have set you off. I would say this is, what, this is how this, the conversation would have gone had LeBron not become a Laker. I would have said, well, the Cleveland Cavaliers really fucking suck. And that just goes to show you how great of a player LeBron is. Allah better than Jordan because he made his teammates better to a place where they couldn't even they couldn't even win 20 games in a season and he's got them going to the NBA finals because of him just because of him explicitly on his back because of him you would have said I would agree with yeah, that now, now you would now you would but this is the kind con- no I would agree with that once LeBron made his uh once he built schools man once he built schools I'm like all right it's done you're right. What does that mean? It's done. What's done? You're better than MJ in every way. If there were an actual heaven and hell, you're probably getting in. MJ ain't. Uh, 
when this is all said and done, LeBron's going to probably wind up either number one or number two all-time scoring. And, uh, yeah, once he built the schools, I was fully on board that he had surpassed Michael Jordan as a human being. Nah, nah, nah. Nope, 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 nope. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm not talking about a human being. I'm talking about a nigga that dribbles a basketball and puts the ball in the goal. He's better than Michael Jordan as a teammate. He may not be better than Michael Jordan as a scorer. Yeah, he's better than Michael Jordan as a teammate. He may that's, be better than Michael Jordan. A lot. As, not really, Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr in the face. Right. Steve Kerr. Okay, so let's just call it what it is. He may, he's more like, I, I've already said it. He's better than Michael Jordan all time. That's just the way I feel. All, all around, all around player-wise, he's better than Michael Jordan all around. Probably. Michael but Jordan's the rings team, are not going to reflect that, unfortunately. Michael Jordan's team went to the playoffs the very next year after Jordan retired and went to ba- baseball. The Cavaliers will be lucky to win 25 games this year Probably won't Right But yeah, I agree with you Yeah, I agree It's the same team though Except LeBron is not on it (laughs) What do you want me to tell you? I want you to say Well, it doesn't matter what you say now Because you're a LeBron fan all of a sudden Who knows why Oh, maybe because he's a Laker now But regardless Regardless that is the thing. LeBron is 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 not there anymore. So Tyron Lue or whoever was there was going to lose their job. That team is awful. Tyron Lue could go to the Lakers and do better than than what's his name, Luke Longley? Not Luke Longley. Uh, who's your no, coach? No, don't do that. Don't do that, as you say. <laughs> who's your don't coach? do that. Who's the don't white do dude? Who's your? Don't who's do your, that. Who's Luke the Wal- son? Luke Walton. Luke Walton. Don't do that. Luke, Luke Walton's Walton. a good coach. <laughs> no, he's not. Luke Walton yes, is, he a, is. No, he's what not. Talking about? What, is he, what makes him a good coach? His Golden State days or his LA days? That the, both. Go plus ahead. No, time. the Golden State. Tyron Luke could go to the Golden State and win the championship again. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't do. think I don't think Golden State. It's like how the Avengers say we have a Hulk. LeBron is not matched by any player in the league. No other right. player is like LeBron. I don't think Golden State could run. Uh, I don't know who you think Golden State's best player is. Take that person off. I don't think it could run that way because that person was simply not doing what LeBron is doing. And that's actually an issue right now out here in Lakerland is that Coach Walton, Luke. One day I'll tell you my Luke Walton rehabilitation story. Um, Luke is actually a coach coach, and he's going to have to learn how to interact with LeBron because he's coaching everybody not named LeBron. But we don't know how we don't know how Tyron Luke is as a coach. We have no idea. Coaching LeBron uh, is like you say, like you say, it's 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 the yes, it's we the do. from what are you where? Talking about? Where do you coach? We got we got all sorts of of video footage of LeBron coaching and Lou looking off in the distance. That's coaching <laughs> we LeBron. We got all sorts of footage of That's coaching Lou LeBron. burning a timeout and LeBron is pissed at him. That's coaching LeBron, though. That's what I'm saying. We've never seen him be a coach, really, except for this year. But the team he has is so bad that it's not just him. It's the team. If Luke Walton had come to the Cleveland Cavaliers as the coach after LeBron was there, it would have been the same thing. Luke Walton wouldn't have got a chance to say shit. Because who are you? You're, you're a great, you're a great, you're NBA great's son. That's all you are, Luke Walton. You've never been anything else. You're an NBA great's son. I like how you like try to tell me shit about my own players. Luke, Luke Walton's a Laker. He's a player, at least, on the Lakers. Did he start? He was a, no. He's a very good player in college. And, uh, <laughs> who wasn't a good player a, in college? A, a champion uh, once as a Golden State Warrior. And he's played with the greatest player 
of his generation, Kobe Bryant. So did Tyron Lue. Yes, I'm putting Kobe and LeBron in different generations. Him and Tyron Lue are like identical fucking people. The only difference is one of them is white and has a dad who's a star. They're not. Then no, they're not. That's not true at all. Tyron Lue started. Tyron Lue started. Luke Walton was sometimes a starter. Yeah, Tyron sometimes. Luke was sometimes a starter. No, Tyron Lue started. Luke, Luke Tyron Lue was a, was an official starter. He was on the he was on the the magazine at the beginning of the season. You know what I'm saying? If you bought the Lakers magazine, he was on it that season. Luke Walton has never been in the magazine as the starter. He may have become the starter because somebody was coughing one one day. Yes, or, because Luke Walton was for the most part was on dominating championship Lakers squads. Who's who's gonna start up? We gonna start up Kobe? What we gonna do? Okay. So, but anyway, you know what? Be honest. Let's so, not do this. All right. Our brother and your fellow light skinned brethren, Tyrone Liu, is, I'm sure he's called Little Red in some circles. Little Red is at home <laughs> about his next move. And you he's know, actually, ta- he's taller him, than he you. Can, he's taller than he, you, but we'll call him Little Red. How tall is Tyrone Liu? 6'2, six, 6'3, six, maybe? No way. No fucking way. He's not that tall. <laughs> No way. <laughs> um, any event, you know what? Be honest. He may find himself back home on the bench in L.A. He may, may, he just may, and that would be great. Oh, he's six feet. Right on die with you. Six feet, one seventy-five. The same height. Except when I get mad, I don't necessarily turn red. <laughs> and I'm not. I wouldn't have pissed Iverson off. Would be like, hey, wow, those are some. I like how you got who switched your braids up like that. That's nice. Real nice right there. Can I have an autograph? Okay, so anyhow, happy trails, Tyrone Lou. Um might want to submit your resume to the Lakers. You know, I'm sure they can we can make room. Come on home. Did you see be honest, did you see that uh well let me do it this way. Is one of the reasons why you don't like Beyonce? Uh, you tell me if I'm wrong, but do you factor in that she allows herself to be photoshopped to be lighter in some magazines? Is that part of your hate for Beyonce or not at all? No, I don't care about that at all. That's just silliness. I mean, all women are fake. So what's different about her bleaching her skin in Photoshop? The views and opinions of black and both sides of, like, be honest, do not represent those of King Kunta 3X, because I guess he. Basically represents everything else, even the Rare Science Network. Fair. <laughs> so Kelly Rowland, um, Kelly Rowland has been accused lately of bleaching her skin. Wow. Well, I thought Kelly Rowland was one of the you know most beautiful chocolate women on planet Earth. Really? And I hadn't noticed that she was lighter. But apparently, uh, this is a thing. So yesterday. Kelly Rowland had felt she needed to respond about how silly and stupid it was for people who think that she bleaches her skin versus that it's just quote unquote lighting. Here's why I, I believe her. Do you remember India Ari? Yeah. Do you remember that her last album, her second to last album, had some controversy because people were saying that she was lighter on the cover? Do you recall that at all? I don't remember that at all. Any event, I thought she may have started lighting her skin. So I actually, you know, looked at it and, and she looks just as her normal skin tone. So maybe it was lighting. So Kelly Rowland, Miss Chocolate, uh, probably one of the most beautiful women on planet Earth, felt the need to tell people, no, she doesn't bleach her skin. 
Now, she didn't say Beyonce does, but she said she didn't. I assume, based on your your comments on Beyonce, you think that's silly. That she bleached her skin as well? No, that the allegations are that Kelly Rowland bleached her skin. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Who cares? I, I, I don't mind if she does. Bleach your skin. So what? All women do stupid shit. Oh, so you, you cool with, with uh, little Kim? Yep. If I'm going to be Bleaching cool. Bleaching her head and literally no other part of her body. If I'm going to be cool with all these women getting <laughs> fake asses and fake titties and 360 lipo and then take that 360 lipo fat and put that in your booty. Like, if I'm okay with that, I'm okay with bleaching skin too. Like, it's, we're inundated. Is that the right word? Inundated? Inundated. There we go. With the bullshit. You I, know what happens? And, and listeners, I'm going to apologize. But be honest, it's, it's starting to become the average of the people who spends the most time with. <laughs> Two of those people are French Reginald and Jay Smooth. That's <laughs> okay. Oh, you thought there'd be no consequences? There are consequences. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, look, we're getting we're getting surrounded by the bullshit. We're be, we're we're part of it now. So if we're gonna accept these women that go out and completely change their entire bodies, eyes, height, hair, everything about them, why why are we gonna get mad about bleaching? How dare these people come for Kelly about bleaching her skin? If she even did it, if she didn't do it, then they're stupid. If she did do it, are you really gonna we're gonna pinpoint the bleaching? Is that because it's a black thing now? Even though weave is not black. Black women wear Indian hair and white people's hair and horse hair and fake hair and all kind of shit, but that's okay. That's okay to not wear your your normal beautiful black hair the way that they the way it looks the texture of of it. We're not going to worry about that. We're going to talk about some skin bleaching. Come on, really? Yeah, I agree. And with regard to black hair, listeners out there, if you want to follow King Kunta on the Instagram, it's at King Kunta Three X on Instagram. But please. Do not send me friend requests to help get your bu- your hair bundles business off the fucking ground. I have no interest in befriending people selling bundles of hair. No interest. I get a lot of those too. I don't even get on Instagram. I was like, what the fuck, man? How is this happening? I mean, I know I'm bald, but damn, I'm not putting in bundles. It's not happening. I actually saw one one time I um I went on there and saw somebody who had taken a picture of my daughter and put it up like she worked or she did sponsorship for their hair. I was like, oh, God. And they, they, oh, is that because your, your daughter recently had the uh, dramatic new look? Yeah, but, but what I'm saying is, though, is they're, is they're not even real pages, though. They're fake pages. Like, they just, they get pictures from people and put them up as if, if it's, as if it's their own product and it's not. So beware of those sites yeah. to do that. Yeah, people are fucking terrible. But I'm just letting people out there know, don't don't come at me to befriend me if it's about the bundles of hair because you're not going to make it through. So, Kelly, going to be pre-screened. are you mad about Kelly bleaching her skin if she did do it? No, I don't think she did. I just think that it's interesting that we all, it seems to be that a certain group of people, let's call them the hoteps, okay. are always looking for some way to yuck someone's yum, to rain on someone's parade, to piss in someone's Cheerios. Right. And apparently uh, she had enough. Yeah, uh, I yeah. like Kelly. I do too. I do too. She's the uh, the other talented portion of Destiny's Child. Can you imagine? Beyonce. Can you imagine That's having it. to be Kelly for all these years? Like that must be really difficult because you're a very talented, beautiful woman and you've always had to play second fiddle only because you chose to be in Destiny's Child. No, because that was her sister. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> oh, she shit. She looked a little bit like Matthew, too. Oh, God. 
<laughs> okay. I mean, Mama Tina does call her her bonus baby. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, so Kunta, I don't know if you know about this, but um, for the first time ever, we actually have someone who wrote into the Wait, show. Forever, ever? Ever, ever. Ever, ever. ever. We had a, a listener write into the show to ask us a question. This is the first time this inaugural question asking of Black pew, on pew, both sides. Pew, pew, pew. There you go. So this person says, only being able to choose one, name a person or an event in history that has had the greatest impact on black lives. I'm good. Who do you got? You got one? Okay, I'm thinking that, um, Quite and shout out to Britt Renee. Thank you for the question, Britt Renee. We appreciate it. Britt Renee. Also, locally known, world-renowned, universally accepted. Always have good, great things to say. Found where? The Slack Room. You should get in there. Well, she thinks Prince is Thank- better than Michael Jackson, though. So I don't know about always have good things to say. Well, you know, I think we always want to say nice, unless we're you. We typically want to say nice things about someone who's recently deceased. Not you, but other people do, because that's a social norm. Right. So when Michael Jackson died, I'm sure she had, you know, depending on what side of the pedophile line she fell on, she probably had nice things to say about him then. Right. Well, anyway. So- oh, shit. And that reminds me. What happened? Back when I was listening to Mr. T talk and we were having a conversation, Purple Rain was playing in the establishment. It was the blackest ass as fuck moment I've had in approximately a whole entire week. <laughs> I had a Purple Rain soundtrack, talking to Mr. T, eating a Mr. T, waiting, waiting. Oh, my black eyed peas, my brisket sandwich. Wow. I gotta say, that was a good day. I hope you took a picture in your mind. I mean, I hope you took a picture of that. Yeah, I did. Uh, as I said, age is undefeated. So, okay. They asked that question about one event or a person changed, or one person that changed uh, or had I'm an go- effect on black. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say that. Uh, I hope it's not the same thing I'm gonna say. Is it Brown versus Board of Education? No. Okay. I think it's Brown versus Board of Education because if I'm not mistaken, it was the mid-50s and um, just a little bit under 100 years away from slavery. And instead of it being something like a, a, a bus boycott or, hey, black men are this and black women are this and having to prove to them that, that um, black people have integrity, we're going to go to the very smallest level of it and we're going to talk about the kids. How could you hate a kid? How could you think a kid is ugly or mean or mean-spirited or a thief or crooked? How could you think that about a kid? So what this decision did is it put racism, I think, on the forefront. Because now you're not just talking about black men who you think are thieves and who rape white women. You're not just talking about white black women who are loud and steal. Whatever the stereotypes were back in that day for what black adults were. Now it's forcing racists to come out and say, well... We don't want their kids with our kids. And so that is a completely different thing because how in the world, who hates a kid? Who hates a child? If by the country putting this on the, on the forefront, by this, this, this going into law, it basically made us have, it gave us the ability to have the, you're on this side of the line or you're on that side of the line. And I think that that was probably the biggest thing because of the fact that since there were kids involved, it, it opened up the uh, the conversation about whether or not you're just a pure-hearted, fucking evil, racist-ass person, or you're just a regular run-of-the-mill racist, which is very different to me. There, most people, most people are racist, but there are some that are just evil-spirited, cold-hearted, 
I don't even know why I'm a racist ass racist. Those people are completely different, and they were all on that side of the line. On this side of the line, you may have some mild racism going. You know, well, you know, I, I don't know if I want little Johnny to be in there with Devonte, but it, you know, what I'm saying maybe we'll still we'll see how it goes. We'll give it a semester and see how it goes. That was what was on this side of the line. And I think that Brown versus Board of Education really just, you know, put that into the forefront. It made it be front page news. You got to pick a side. What side are you on? Let it, we, we're going to see you now. You can't hide in this one. We're going to see you. What do you think about that? Now, I must say, most of the times I do like that, be honest. Because his books would, he's half black, half white. That means he's usually a mulatto. And sometimes he's blessed to have the white side come through and, t- and give us great guidance and knowledge. But on this particular instance, I got to say, it is beyond a shadow of a doubt. The worst thing that ever happened to white society, to have those, those, those nigger children intermixing with white royalty on a daily basis. Luckily, thank God, there was such a thing as white flight with millions, millions of white, millions of white families moved to the suburbs and restarted schools free of negritude. <laughs> so I'm going to disagree with you, Mr. Bionis. That's the worst thing that ever happened in the history of the black man and this great white nation. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's like that stink. Did you like that, Uncle Ruckus? That was very good, on? Uncle Ruckus. Yes, very good, All Uncle right. Ruckus. But seriously, uh... Your, your your comments are problematic on multiple levels. Give it to um, me. Because uh, truth of the matter is that didn't change a lot of things. As I did allude to in my joke, um, they adjusted. Uh, white America adjusted. They simply moved where the where the black folk were not. And not only that, I think that uh, well, that was very easy to do. And I know that because that's how I grew up. I grew up in a post-Brown Board of Education world, and I went to the mixed school. If you did not want to mix with blacks, you would go to the non-mixed school, which is literally six miles down the road. People found ways to get around it, and they did. I've, I've been in many interactions with that other school where I've been called nigger a lot, oftentimes. And the true thing that you said, to be honest, is that children aren't that way. They have to be taught. Most of the people that were calling me this stuff were people that I had grown up with from ages, I don't know, five through about 12. But, oh, once you hit 11 or 12, things all of a sudden change. So that's interesting. I don't think I agree with Brown Reboard. That was really only just one of many things to try to balance skills. There's also a great argument that the destruction of the uh, segregated school system in which black students were excelling may have had a negative impact on black education. Um, but I'm not going to go into that because the moment I picked, uh, well, actually, if you want to respond to that, be honest, you, you want to respond to anything I just said? I, well, I do. I, I mean, everything you said is fair. I, I feel bad because Brit Renee only gave us one event. So, like, if I'd had two events, I would have obviously said Cardi B's, um, you know what I'm saying, Meteoric, meteoric rise to the top was going to be the second biggest one. So it's a little unfair that I had to stick to I just I tell you work. what, this is what happens when you give a nigga, a nigga a mic and a second chance. <laughs> Hard to be. Next, I mean, you put lipstick on a pig, you can get the same thing. 
All right, Bjorn. So moving on. Uh, you're not <laughs> taking that my question seriously. So my actual, my actual thing that I that I think was effective or had an impact. Let me put it this: way, had a big impact. Was the Martin Luther King Jr. assassination because that allowed President Lyndon B. Johnson to push through uh, the civil rights laws that he was not going to get able to get through, particularly after. Uh, President Kennedy had died. This was a pet project of President Kennedy. It almost broke up the union again. Uh, some people don't know that J- President John F. Kennedy was in Dallas on the day he was fatally shot because he was trying to hold together the, the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party, because members of the party from the South, which were called the Dixiecrats, had a problem with John F. Kennedy's uh, apparent fascination with expanding civil rights. After he died, they, these same individuals and I guess you would say uh, these same different divisions on this issue probably figured it was a dead issue. But with Martin Luther King being shot and killed and it being broadcast, uh, it impacted white guilt. And upon which LBJ was able to use his skills, his renowned skills as a person in the Senate who could get bills passed to use this to get John F. Kennedy's legacy and his pet project, uh, the civil rights movement, the bill signed into law. So that's what I would say had a large impact. And just so you know that I'm not asleep, most of this shit was repealed by hook and by damn crook, starting with Ronald Reagan in the 80s, continuing through Bush 1, and then picked up again with Bush 2. I was about to be a hater like you were and, and go through all that, but you did it for me because you you knew it was coming. So I think that the the um, the main point that both of us made was it forced people to say, "Wow, pay attention." Even if even if they, things got repealed, even if there was white flight and people decided to uh, move to the other schools, liars do not pay attention to the thoughts of sheep. Be honest. <laughs> the idea is that there was impact because people had to pay attention. I think anytime you start talking about kids. People are going to pay attention because there's no excuse for you to hate a kid. Absolutely no excuse for you to hate a kid. So that's why I was saying that. Blonde hair, blue-eyed, white kids are so angelic. How could you ever muster hatred in your heart? What type of cold, black, niggerish attitude could do that? I don't even know. Right, right. But yours is a good one, too. I I like yours as well. I'm not going to be a hater to you, but I feel like um, it's the impact. The impact of it really is just the awareness. There's not much more that we can do. the problem with the impacts is that what we've both underlined, well, maybe you haven't underlined it as much with mine as with yours, but even with yours, we do understand what the students, the first round of students had to deal with and what they continue to deal with during that period in which the uh, Brown B. Board came through. The point is, and I'm making is that it's always one step forward, two back. It's slow, right. methodical. Sometimes you don't even know if it's moving at, al- at all, let alone in the right direction. And I would say until the last two years, well, at least we could argue it was slowly at least moving imperceptibly in the right direction. Now we're not. Now we're not. This is the transition to the non-comedy half the non-comedy portion of Black on Both Sides, where there's actual important events that happened this week that we would be, uh, it, it would it would be criminal for us not to discuss. 
Yeah. And we're going to do it probably quickly, probably more quickly than, well, not probably, much more quickly than this deserves. But these are things that need to be discussed because these are things that you out there need to talk about and think about and reflect on what it means to you in your life. This has been a very, very horrible week uh, with regards to civil rights. Um, the week began... Uh, actually, let me do it this way. There were two events that happened. One of them clearly is civil rights issue. The other uh, is an outgrowth of uh, where we are as a country. So two events happened, and I'm not, I don't recall offhand which one happened first. There was a series of mills, of the mailings of bombs to President Barack Obama, to Hillary Clinton, uh, I believe it's the Democratic National Committee, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm wrong. Biden. And to various, uh, to CNN, and to various other, quote-unquote, people who are not friendly to uh, the GOP, particularly Make America Great Again, faction of it, people who have been villainized by them. And the the person who milled the bombs allegedly was arrested. Uh, his van was snapshotted into evidence. His van contains pictures of people such as President Barack Obama, uh, Hillary Clinton with uh, bullseyes around them. This was on t- on the outside of his vehicle. Um, this is the type of rhetoric that's been stoked both during the last presidential elections and during the Trump administration to which people have been saying, oh, well, let's just talk. It's, you know, this is... Nothing's happening. That's ridiculous. And this is just talk. So in and of itself, the bombings do not appear to be, quote unquote, racially motivated and seem just politically motivated. But you have to dig deeper. So this hate speech, this division that's been going on and been politicized, our politics are now essentially hate speech. Either you're with this team or you're with the other team and there's no in between. You're either right or wrong. Well, it spills over. And so a gentleman was arrested uh, for killing two African-Americans, apparently at random, in a Kroger. And this was after this gentleman failed in his attempt to breach a black church, could not get into the church. Presumably, if he could have gotten in the church, he would have tried to shoot whoever was there. When he could not get in, he decided instead to drive to the nearest Kroger, where he killed two um, African-Americans, which appears at random. Okay, stay with me. Week's not over. And we know yesterday in Pennsylvania at a Jewish synagogue, 11 individuals were were killed uh, at a baby christening ceremony by someone who self-identified as a uh, right-winger, a a MAGA person. And, uh, And so we've got a week, a very bloody week, of essentially what happens when hate speech is given an opportunity to thrive, in my opinion. And what I would say is that we all should know what right and wrong is. And when we indulge in allowing people to talk about things that are wrong as if they're right, when we allow people 
to throw away decorum and civility and to say things about people who look different than they do. And we just play it off or worse yet say, oh, well, this person aligns with my particular political view. So I'm just going to a la carte pick and choose which portion of this person I support. These types of things happen. And to be quite honest, I'm, I'm shocked they are not happening with higher frequency. And I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm saddened because I feel like they will. Be honest, what do you think about either of those incidents, either the Kroger killings, the mail bombs, or the synagogue uh, murders? All right, so I just think they're week. three very different events. Um, I don't agree with you. I think that they're not having an alarming rate. I think that it's unfortunate that somebody decided to shoot up another church and then decided to take it on to Kroger. But I don't believe that it's happening at a more a more rapid rate or more frequency than it did pre-Obama even. I think that that kind of stuff happened. It just wasn't news at the time because who cares about black people, you know? But now because it's it's there's this this hot button of racial equality that isn't still it actually isn't nothing's changed. The needle hasn't moved at all. But however, we're pretending like right now is a, it's a really good it's a really good time for that. But it's always it's always been this. There's it's, it's just a hot button now. Somebody some black people got shot in Kroger. It happens. It has happened. It's going to continue to happen. And is it racially motivated this time? Possibly. Has it been before? More than likely, white or black. It's just not. It wasn't newsworthy before. So this time, it's it's newsworthy. We'll give it. All right. Not saying it's a good event. Two people died. There's nothing. There's nothing happy about that. However, I don't think that it's any. I don't think that it's happening at an alarming rate. The second one, which is the 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 Jewish synagogue, I don't have um, all the details on that either. However, again, does it has this ever happened before? I don't know. It, it seems like it has. I don't I don't understand why it seems like this this was a a, a new thing. This none of this is new. This has happened as well. The synagogue event was actually the uh, I believe I saw something that said that it was the uh, the largest hate crime committed against. Uh, Jews on in American America. soil. In, in American soil. And we're talking about 11 people, though. Like, I get it. I get it. I get it. 11 people died. That's not great. But we're talking about the largest event ever, and it's only 11 people. That's ridiculous, considering how many di- Jews died in the Holocaust. We're going to compare now the Holocaust to 11 fucking people, and now this alarming, no, oh, my sir. God, outrage, sir, outrage. Huh? No, sir, you just did. No, you did. Because by no, you saying I it's said, the largest, I said they event. said it was the big greatest ever on American soil. I haven't said anything about the Holocaust. You're telling me there, there's no no nuance there that's alluding to the Holocaust or a holo, Holocaustic type of horror. That's what they're doing. That's the point of why they said that the largest ever on U.S. soil is to make you think about what the largest ever period is. They said U.S. soil to make you think what the largest is ever, and we all know of the Holocaust. All of us do. That's why they said that. They wouldn't have even used that, the largest ever on U.S. soil, if they weren't wanting you to look back to what could possibly be the largest ever. By saying U.S. soil, they're making you say, oh, well, damn, that is true. That's the large." But we're still talking about 11 people. Nobody deserved to die in there. I mean, maybe some of them did. I don't know. But we're talking about 11 people. At Kroger, we're talking about two people. I'm not saying that anybody should ever die, but we're not, this is not tipping the scale. This is not new news. This is not alarming to me. This is just normal fuckery of life because people die every day, B. Die every day. Now, as far as these bombings go, completely, completely different thing. 
I don't know for a fact yet that that's all isn't just a stupid ass setup. First of all, they got all the bombs. All the bombs, Kunta? They got every single bomb. Every I don't single know that. I just know they have the bombs so far. That's all I know. They got all the bombs. Every single one. Uh, really? And he just happened look, to have look, stickers. Look, you can't just send a bomb to President Obama's house, okay? Yeah, it takes some sophistication. Come on, man. He had stickers all over his car d- d- telling you that he was about to do... Give me a break. This this really feels like some bullshit. It feels like some more false flag type bullshit. I don't believe that anybody is... I'm, I don't believe. You may believe. I don't believe that somebody's sending 13 bombs out to the Democratic Party and people in the Democratic Party and CNN to prove your I love Trump. You know, like, this is going to change America. I'm going to change America by... Come on, man. This is ridiculous. I feel like this... There's a very high possibility that this is all some set up bullshit just to get just to get people in in outrage mode, just to get people alarmed. And, oh, my God, now it's worse than it was ever. This is the worst it's ever been in America. And it's not. But this this is what they're going to say. And this is one of this is another one of those things like that, like again, like the uh, what was it? The Batman movie theater shooting. All these things, the the, uh, the the guy who went on uh, the campus in Ohio, Cleveland or Ohio or whatever it was, and, and started killing. All the to me, I feel, and I, they may this may be the conspiracy theorist side, but you think I feel like a lot of this shit is just ridiculous. Either it's one, it's completely nut brain, nut job, crazy motherfuckers who are acting on their own, or it's a setup. It's never. For political gain, we're gonna we're gonna. Oh my God, uh, these these Democrats have to get out of here. I know I, I know a way. I'll just send bombs to everybody. But let's just say they did, right? Let's just say that this guy acted on his own. In his own, he decided it's on his own. I want to change the face of politics in America. I have already told you this motherfucker is going to burn to the ground. The red and blue Democrats, Republicans, liberal and conservative, this shit is is destined to burn to the ground. What better way to start the fire than a fucking bomb? It's gonna happen. The longer we delay this guy from getting his his shit off, it doesn't matter. Somebody's gonna figure out eventually because this shit has to burn. It cannot continue. People are tired of this shit. No matter if you're on a conservative or a liberal side, people are tired of the shits. It's going to happen, and it's going to have to happen in high fashion. I would say a really, really big bonfire. Now, if depending on what team you are, you might root or not root for whether it's a red or a blue that happens to first, but it's going to happen because this shit is out of control. Our political system is completely unbalanced and is, is, is bound to happen. Someone is going to be upset enough for to, to actually get to get off. He didn't get it off. Somebody's going to get it off eventually. And I hope, I hope that before then, it's not individuals that are, that are burned by this. And it's more just a system. But I, I mean, I, I, I could have seen this coming a mile away if this is real. I don't believe that it is, though. The greatest threat of terror to this country has and always will be white males. Say that again. Say it louder. Because the you, threat you, you, to this country has and always will be uh-huh. white males. Okay. Period. So you know we've spent millions of dollars focusing on on generated threats. Uh, you know, Muslim terrorists, hidden <laughs> cells, and every time one of these white males does something, oh, they're just sick. You know, lone wolf. <laughs> You can't villainize a group of people because of the actions of one person. Right. So, you know. This guy is not a regular white guy either. His name is not white. But, hey. That, talking about the male bomber? The yeah. male, The male person, yeah. I don't, I'm not fully familiar with what his background is. Okay. But the uh, shooters are. Yeah. The shooters are white males. 
So let me ask you another question. Then. Let's just let's just get all the way funky with it. All right? You say the biggest threat to this country is white men, right? Yep. Is that what you're saying? Okay. So if we were to talk about majority the biggest terrorist threat, the, the biggest terrorist threat. Okay. Two is is white men. Okay. So if we were to look at just just percentages, and by no means am I white apologizing right now. I'm just saying they're the majority. Well, I of hope you do something to redeem yourself on this raggedy podcast. Uh, you need to redeem yourself because the problem here is that who gives a fuck what you think? You are twelve percent. Be glad you got twelve percent to stand your ass up in. If you're saying that white people are biggest threat to a white country. Uh, white people don't give a fuck about that. Nobody white is like, oh, you're right. You're right. We are white men are the biggest threat to America. White America is white. What do you mean the biggest threat? Not in anybody's eyes, but black people. The only people who say that are black people are Muslims or Mexicans, huh? You take my twelve percent, you mix it with a brown uh, thirty. Can't do that. Forty percent. You can't do that. We add in some Asians to this. Can't do that. Of you can't course do I can do this. You can't. You know, Asians don't give a fuck about you either. This administration, as well as the GOP, that the greatest threat to America are Islamic terrorists and South American, particularly Mexican men. Right. That's what we've been told are the greatest threats to this country. Right. Meanwhile, each year we look at the death totals, it's white men who are engaging in terroristic acts. Right. And instead we're saying, oh, lone wolf. Oh, so disturbed. Right. Uh, this doesn't make sense. So... As as they need, we want to see the same energy maintained. And right. as long as it's not, who wants to see the same energy maintained? That tells us that this system continues to rot. And as you pointed out earlier, which I agree with one hundred percent, this system needs to be raised from the ground. Right, everything needs to be burned and start over. I'm afraid of what that looks like. Right, that looks like anarchy. Yeah, but I don't think the system can be redeemed. Okay. In the meantime, if I'm going to go out. I'd rather go out with people who are actually going to try to do a little bit of good here and there on the way out. Right. So as I said last week, if you're not happy with how things are going, then you should register to vote and vote. Because if you don't vote, I can tell you this, things can always get worse. And that's exactly what we're on track for. If there is not a change, if you're not motivated by what's happened in these last two years to see change, then things are just going to get worse. And I no longer know what the hell that actually looks like. Yeah. But it's bad, real bad. Joe Jackson bad. Yeah. I um I can agree with you there. But at the same time, uh, the sentiment about, you know, these this two weeks worth of stuff, eh, this week, this last week, worth, it's just more of the same. I, it's, it's not more of the same. There is. are midterm elections coming up. Oh, the bombs on. were sent to intimidate. They failed. Instead, they are they are, they are uh, galvanizing people. Right. The synagogue attacks been meant to intimidate. Right. I mean, who literally who would go shoot up a synagogue? Why is um, he a neo Nazi? We don't know yet. I'm wait sure a minute. We'll are you out. saying who would do a, a religious war of of any kind? Uh, that's what all the wars end that's up not being. Not a religious war. It's a race war. Eh, maybe. I don't even understand it's a race war. So Jewish. And then you got the the gentleman at the at the Kroger. Uh huh. That's so a really that's a race war too. That's because he couldn't get into the church. That's a race war too. That's because he could not get into the church. That's a race war the too. Black church. That's a race war. Is what you're saying. That's a race war. Meaning, you're saying that the average everyday white person sympathizes with that guy and says, "Yeah, he should have fucking shot those black." That's what you're saying. 
I'm saying the average, the average person, white person who is silent or does nothing because it does oh not affect their life God. allows for this to continue. I don't say shit about, okay, so when's the last time me and you went and walked about Chicago? Never. We've never done anything about Chicago. I don't think. I know I've never done anything. Up around there. Other, other, than the, other than me on my other show saying- Iraq. Other than me on the other show pointing out the, the amount of deaths that are in Chicago, which was very fucking little, actually, to help Chicagoans and, and what, what's going on there, neither one of us have ever done shit for Chicago. If I, and I'm, I'm speaking liberally because I don't know if you have. Maybe you have donated. Maybe you have gone and walked or whatever. But come on, man. Everybody in Chicago, they got gangbangers. They shoot out there. And that's what white people are saying right now about that Kroger bullshit. They're like, what the fuck? They don't got shit to do with me. They got gangbangers at Kroger. There are white people in the Kroger. So what? They're like, they're they're trying to get the fuck out of there too. They don't know that it's just black people getting shot. They didn't notice it was only black people till later. You think when a gunshot went off, they're like, oh, I hope that's not, not black people. We should stand up. We should say something. Hey, man, don't shoot those black people. They're good. They're kind people. That's not the way it I'll works. I'll be honest. You know beyond a shadow <laughs> <laughs> the nature of a white person's heart is one of inquiry. Whenever anything happens, they must go exactly to where the commotion's coming from to inquire as to what is happening. Okay, so what you're saying now is that those people are like, oh shit, those black people are getting shot. Oh well, glad it's black people. And they laid back down, put their head down. Get the fuck out of here, man. Come on. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. <laughs> we also understand that they have much, they have big brains and they can process information at alarming rates. Steve Jobs, <laughs> Bill Gates, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, they probably calculated that they were simply only pruning the negras. Wow. This is one week removed from white people helping you get through death. Several deaths. I think you said eight deaths with mustard packets and jail packs and cliff bars and water and support. And now I here thought we thought I was in Ronald Reagan's heaven. <laughs> One week later, this is where we get to. No, the fuck these were not race wars. No, they were not race war starters. This is a couple of and I'm okay, you said lone wolf. I don't consider necessarily lone wolf. They may have the same, this guy and the guy at the Jewish synagogue may have the exact same sentiments. They may be the same guy who walked in Charlottesville, West Virginia earlier, and maybe the same guy who, I mean, Dylan Roof. It may, those people all may be from the same area. However, we're only talking about a handful of shit. The average white person is not walking around. The average white person is not walking around talking about how can I get this fucking race war started. All right, be honest. You want me to tell you how I knew that the uh, the assailants and all three of these were white. Let me tell you how I knew. Because chances are in America there's going to be a white person because they're the majority. And if if, this, if somebody did it from America, it's probably a white person just off of probability. Is that it or something else? Victim is in, uh, uh, the uh, attacker is in custody. So, okay, you're saying because he's white, he got taken to jail as opposed to being killed. So I ask it's you It's funny how that always happens, well, isn't it? It's, but that's it's, not it's, true. It's, that's not even good math. Like, you know, wow. It's like, well, you know, on a routine traffic stop, you know, you lose your ship. You find out someone's then killed 11 whole-ass Jewish people who, in this country, recount as white. You were able to bring him into custody. That wow. isn't even good math, Kunta. Your math is fucking awful. Okay. 
And the guy killed, you know, Kroger. Oh, you were able to bring him. Oh, and the, the guy sent all these bombs. <laughs> and you were able to casually walk him out into custody. Huh. So look, okay. let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question then. So if black people get killed all the time, how the fuck are they the majority? And I'm talking about a large majority of the prisoners. Who the fuck is going to jail if they're all dying? So if they're all dying, why are they wearing orange? Why are they wearing blue? If they're all dead because they, they get killed in traffic stops, how the fuck are they feeling the prison system? I'll tell you how. Well, They're not getting you're killed. The, you're doing that your Charles Barkley thing. This is like Skip Bayless and Shannon oh. Sharp. You're, you're you can't, just taking you can't a very extreme it. position. You can't answer so the one, question. You can't I never told it. you well, they're always killed. And there is a reason why two-thirds of the prison population is black and brown as opposed to white. Not the it's same that, issue. These are, stay these stay are focused. Stay yeah, focused. I'm not, I'm not making this up. Stay You're focused. Right. Everyone's not killed. Stay but focused. you have a much higher potential stay focused. of losing your life. That is not true. More white color. people die really every not. year from cops than black people. You're not telling the truth right now. More white people get stopped and killed than get stopped and killed as black people. That's not just not a truth. And you're, now you're going to try to flip it back to the percentages thing. But we can't do that. Either we're going to talk about the I fact... Tell you what, I love me this this <laughs> this, this mulatto here. Let's be honest. He gives that King Kunta a three X a run for his money every time, and doesn't let him out there lie to the people about the goodness of our white overlords. Praise be honest, he's one of the good ones, ain't but a couple. It's be honest, Justice Thomas, uh, Ron Steele, though he kind of went a little bit, a little bit, a little bit weird here lately, and. Uh, uh, Herman Cain. Everybody else ain't shit. <laughs> what about uh, oh, and that, and that and that beautiful Stacy Dash. I don't normally like mulattas, but she's nice. There's the other black guy, Larry Elder. What about him? He's a good one. Oh, and that Larry Elder. You know he's. You know he's. You know I like him too. But that's about it. As I said, that ain't but a couple of them. So uh, now the is definitely one of them. Now one you're of the saying. Good ones. Now you're saying I'm Candace Owens. I'm Stacy Dash. I'm Larry Elder. Damn, I, that's why I am really. Ones. You know, be honest, I hope that you use everything in your power on this podcast to help Megyn Kelly during this dark time. Oh, God. Because those liberals out there at NBC, they fired her for simply saying what's true. Black folks are funny. That there's nothing funnier than a than a white person lowering themselves and pretending to be black. As the representative for black people, you black people are really funny. How when you start talking shit, the truth. Now we got to tell jokes. We got to do the we got to do the Uncle Ruckus thing because you know I was making some good points, and that's okay though. I get it. It's funny. Ha ha ha. We're laughing. It's funny. End of the day though. Come on, man. Race war is not a race war. That isn't that isn't a race war. I don't think I ever in this entire podcast that we've. We've recorded today. Use the word race war. Okay. So I'm not addressing that because I never said that. Okay. But sure, be honest. You know, you're right. You know, it's it's all just, you know, lone wolves acting, you know, and there's crazy people doing crazy stuff. Nothing to see here. And uh, if anything, it's orchestrated by some left liberals to, you know, try to get people to think that things are worse than they are because— that's we, never happened. We live in a post post-racial society, and you, all of this is is in my head. That's never and, happened. You know, You're right. Liberals really have never set it. it up with false flags. If we really think about it. Nobody was killed by the bums, and only 14 people in total died. And are we really going to be upset with 14 people? Mm. Why? We shouldn't. It's so small, such a small number. Yeah. And I didn't even tell you that most of the Jewish. Jewish uh, members of the of the of the uh, synagogue were over the age of 
of of a uh, sixty. Right. So they were already had had a good run. Yeah. So you know, doesn't matter. This is all you know. Ghost whistles. This is the dog. You know, this is a tail wagging the dog. I'm just pumping out all these liberal, uh, hotep esh. Yeah. Uh, conspiracy theories. You are, and everything you just said was also spear pointed. It, none of that shit was real. I never said any of that stuff. You, you just you're trying to paint the picture to make it look like no, I'm, I'm paraphrasing on what, no, what what we're getting at no, here. Is that no. I'm just you you're know, paraphrasing just, uh, on what makes you you seem like I'm the, little, I'm, I'm the boy who cried wolf. I'm right. just making up all these things. About about you know all this racism, the schism yeah. that's in my head. Yeah, it's passive aggressive. That's cool. I get it. It's it's no problem. I'm 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 okay with it because at the end of the day, still you haven't shown me any evidence that this is a race war, which you absolutely did say, and you can rewind back and listen. You have given me no evidence that this is a race war. Was it racially motivated? Probably. Most definitely. I'm not saying that there is no racism. This post-racial shit you keep trying to put on me, I didn't say that either. I totally disagree that this is post-racial America. It's very racial. However, being a racist country does not mean a race war is going to start just at the drop of a hat because two guys, 10 guys, 20 guys, 50 guys shot somebody at a Kroger or wherever else they shot in their church or whatever. We're still not talking about enough people for this to be something we consider a war. That's all I was saying. All I was saying was black people have been dying. So if I follow you, you're saying that all lives don't matter. No life matters, right? Really? If life mattered, huh? (laughs) I mean, really? No, most lives don't matter. Most lives. There are only a few people who really, really deserve to live because they've done something to help somebody else or, you know, they're kind. Ah, well, they couldn't help themselves. I mean, half of them is nigger. Doing this white side is doing the best it can with its infirmity. <laughs> really, none. Most of us don't deserve to live. <laughs> Plain and simple. But hey, you know, <laughs> let's just work with what we got, man. We got a few more years here until global warming kills the earth. We might as well just make the best of it. Ah, oh, then they start talking about climate change. Huh? <laughs> Nothing about a liberal conspiracy. Oh man, listeners. Well, I know that you're gonna be. I guarantee they're separated today, King Kunta, because a lot of people won't listen, won't agree with what I said. They're going to agree with you, and that's okay. I don't mind. I don't mind being the voice of reason that's most of the time not agreed with in this show. I don't mind. Well, you know, you can lead them. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Be honest, right? Niggas will do what niggas do. I don't know. Have we have we had any five star reviews recently? I didn't have a chance to look. Have you been keeping up on that? Yeah, I didn't see any last week. I'm checking it out right now, but you know, listeners, if you if you're hearing this, that means that you probably have not. So why have you not given us a five star review or another? I mean, you know, we got a four star review, and I'm not happy about Fuck that. That four star review. You know what? <laughs> I'm coming out hard on this one. You know, fuck that person that wrote the four four star review, and why? Not because they they gave us a low review or a lower review, because they gave absolutely no criticism whatsoever. So our show is good, but not great. Okay, well, why? Oh, you're not going to tell us. We'll just fucking figure it out. Right. Yeah, no, fuck that. Fuck that person as a crew, as a staff, as a record label. Fuck them. Fuck them all. Your mama should be embarrassed and your daddy should have pulled out. Oh, damn. Okay, well, uh, thank you for your four-star review, even though you left nothing. I agree, though. If you're going to give us a four-star review, tell us why. Tell us, tell us, well, actually, don't tell us why. Tell the people why you're saying this show isn't the very best that it could be. It's, you know, take you a couple of seconds. You had enough time it's to click that for. It's criticism. It's, like you, it's how you tell me to do something to, to give you what you want. 
Yeah, but if that's you don't not tell e- me what you want, then I can't help you. But I don't even think that that's what that review is for. It's not for us, Kunta. I think it's for the next, the person who clicks on our show and says, hey, should I listen to this show? Tell If you're going to give us four stars, tell that person why. So that they be like, oh, that's a stupid-ass reason to give somebody four stars. I'm still going to listen. Or four stars, well, I get what they're saying. It wasn't like it was a one-star review, so like, there's no reason why you should. If they give you a one-star review, they need to tell you why you shouldn't listen to it. If they give you a four-star review, they need to tell you more reasons why you should listen to it, but then give you also why you couldn't give it five stars. Like when I look they at Amazon. Shit. Yeah, they didn't say anything. They didn't say anything. So I, I beg you listeners who are new to this, if you've listened to this first episode and you saw that we had that one four star, pay it no mind because they gave you no reason to, 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 to be, they gave you no explanation to why they labeled it a four star podcast. So, hey, that's, that's, that's my little pillbox on that. But make sure you go and out there and leave it I also want to say this. We didn't say it last week, but every week, you know, we want to emphasize that um, this is one show of many on the Rare Sonnets Network. And, uh, you know, if you, we ask that you share this show, friends, family, coworkers, uh, you know, in addition to that, if you want to help out the show, you know, you can become a premium subscriber. And that, you know, with your premium subscription, you get access to Kuntas Chronicles, which is a podcast that I record uh, weekly or bi-weekly uh, with uh, my own information, my own content, uh, devoid of nonsense. That was a joke, but not really. Well, be honest, doesn't say nonsense. He's a, yeah. In any event, no, I uh, it's, 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 if, if you, if it's, it's my view on things without be honest. Right. And, and then well, it's not always that, you know, I could talk about anything and I have talked about anything. And these are essentially, uh, miniature, uh, Episode. Diaries, if yeah. you will. Diaries, I like that. Each host on the Rare Sonnets Network, they have a separate op- a separate method from communicating with you and, and expressing you what's on their mind at that time. You know, Beyonce has one with his lovely wife where he continues to stress the boundaries of their marital marital union and happiness. And, you know, uh, I keep asking Beyonce about a prenup. I haven't gotten a good answer on it yet, so I just hope that he knows how far he can go. And there are multiple shows on this network with multiple hosts, and they all, for the most part, uh, have and shoot regular premium episodes. You'll have access to that. In addition, there's been other shows that have literally hundreds of episodes. The flagship show, the No Nonsense show, has hundreds of episodes. They're not all on iTunes. So your premium subscription will get you access to our archives. One Day Black on Both Sides will not be self-contained in uh, Google Play or iTunes, wherever you currently listen to it. So, and how much is all, does this cost to get access to these uh, uh, premium episodes from the host as well as the archives and as well as other shows that are archived that may no longer be on iTunes? Literally, a $5, less than a $5 Philip box KFC or a $5 Call Junior's box. $4.99. Not even five bucks. $4.99. Once a month, help the show. It helps us uh, secure server space and helps, care, helps us take care of other obligations. So it's a great way to help the show. And if you can't do that because money is tight, everybody understands that, word of mouth works too. And, and what's better than word of mouth? Giving us a five-star review <laughs> that pushes us up on certain lists, particularly in iTunes. People can find the show. And if for some reason you don't want to give us a five-star review and you want to give us any other review, 
We ask that you do that, but please be, you know, please explain why you review what you reviewed. If you give us a five-star review, I'll read whatever you say on, on air, no matter what it says. Awesome. All right, y'all. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in to Black and Most Sides, where nothing is black and white. Except that, be honest. Nobody's perfect, I guess. <laughs>